So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast and the end of Super Rugby Pacific regular season is upon us. Uh, we had a few surprises over the weekend um, and a bit of a change to what me and Leo predicted for our first round of the postseason. Um, but running through the games quickly, you had that Tuesday night game where the Western Force took down the minor Pacific at 48-28 and then the Crusaders, without Muchi Moanga, still managed to take down the Reds by 13 points. That's ended up 28-15. Um, a little bit of refing controversy, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a sec. Over in Fiji, the Drua went down early, but almost had a miraculous comeback against the Chiefs. It absolutely packed stadium out at Churchill Park there. People out in the trees um, all wanting to see the Drua win, but couldn't quite do it. 35-34, they just don't make it at the end by one. Moana Pacifica, the big surprise, though, final game of the season, Lelia Fano taking on his old team, and they get the win 32-22. Brumbies just looked in shambles with this Moana Pacifica team that looked um, strong and looked like they had some structure, and the Brumbies, I don't know, just couldn't get their, their game going at all in this one. And then Waratah's Blues at Leichhardt over. We were out at this one. Um very much seemed like the Waratahs game early, but couldn't get the points on the board. And this sort of B team, maybe even C team for the Blues, get it with a drop goal at the end, 20 points to 17. And the Tars, oh, they felt that one. Um, the Western Force did manage to take down the Hurricanes, though. They stopped the fast-finishing boys in yellow that have escaped a few games this season, but they couldn't do it here. They lost 22 to 27 the Force, get a final win. Um, in this and to keep their finals hopes alive. And we thought that the Rebels were going to do it for them. They ended up taking down the Highlanders 31 points to 30, but they needed to stop those Highlanders getting the bonus point to knock them out of the postseason. So that didn't change in terms of postseason, but the loss of the Pacifica with the Chiefs win means that now we have, uh, rather than the Brumbies Waratahs show off showdown um, this week, we have, uh, a Chiefs Waratahs game in Waikato, and the Brumbies still at home now have to take on the Hurricanes. But boys, what are the big ter- talking points from this weekend? It was pretty disappointing that the Brumbies couldn't um, bank a win, and I, I don't know who they'd rather be playing. But and surely, um, even just for respect, like to be third, not giving up that that game yeah. to a to a team finishing finishing well, but who've had a pretty tough first year and. Um, certainly can feel like they've had a great, greatly more success beating one of the top four teams late in the piece. So really uncharacteristic. Maybe it's the game they needed to lose to, to just get them calibrated for finals. Yeah, and I think, like, from a, from a perspective of the force, for example, I think they obviously only 100 and, what, 120 points off the Highlanders in ter- terms of points difference, but... 
you know, we thought for a minute there that they'd made the top eight and that would have been a huge coup for them after a pretty disappointing season, really. Um, you know, early on in the piece, they were looking pretty solid as a team, but they've been floundering a lot over the last, say, 10 weeks of the season. And I think, you know, Simon Cron coming in next year is going to be a really welcome addition to that team that I think can achieve some good things in, in the next few years ahead. Um, but yeah, sad for them. But I think, look, it was probably a fair result in the end. This is kind of the top eight that we predicted. And um, now we get to really see what these teams are made of. So we watched the Reds Crusaders on Friday night. Um, and probably the biggest talking point I think we all came away from that um, was Pablo Matera picking up Patea in one of the rucks here, lifting him up and dropping him pretty much um, onto his sort of front onto his head shoulder wherever you want to say that he sort of landed but definitely seemed to be in a dangerously dangerous position um very reminiscent of what we saw sam gilbert do to hooper a week earlier with the highlanders who copped a red card and a five-week band mitigated down from 10 um for good behavior and then matera got only a yellow card in this one um ben o'keefe ruling that uh didn't put him into a dangerous position i think it's just wrong. Well, it's just flat out wrong. Um, the Gilbert one was fair. The mitigation, um, that's so the, the mid-range um, penalty is 10 weeks and the low end is six. So they obviously take 50% off for, for good, um, sort of good previous record. Matera, I don't actually know what Matera's previous record would be. I, I hesitate to say in the last couple of years he's not without fault, but... Mm. Um, certainly should have been 10 weeks um, and, and can be maybe mitigated down. But the fact that it's actually more insulting that they did review this and didn't do anything. Like, I, I'm not sure how you can possibly come to that conclusion a week apart. It's, it's not like we haven't had a couple of these through the season. We've had one really recently. They've dealt with it in what seems to be in line with their guidelines. And, and this is just crap. Like, it's... It's, it sucks for the Reds because they've, I don't know how Geordie feels after getting dropped on his shoulder and head. Probably not great. Um, he was slow to get up, but now they're going to have to face this guy and it's probably going to be, uh, he's probably going to be a bit of a target for them. I dare say the Reds will want to put, put some heat into him, but it might be the sort of thing where they get a bit focused on that and, and do something silly uh, themselves out of frustration that they haven't sort of been treated fairly. Do you think that Ben O'Keefe actually thinks ahead to whether, you know, do you think he actually thinks, oh, well, if I give the red here, this has ramifications um, past the current game and this could impact the season of, of the Crusaders or even that player? Do you think he actually has that foresight or he actually thinks that looking at that footage that can somehow be... You know, a very strong yellow. I don't see it at all. I think beyond the horizontal like that in that fashion with the precedents we've seen, how can that not be a red card? It's it's insanity. Yeah, I, I hope he's not thinking about future weeks or, or you know, ruining finals for a team. I mean, it's one player anyway. Like No one should be thinking that. But it's mm-hmm. a big name. I think that's that might play into it. You know, doing, you know, if someone like Michael Hooper had done a similar thing, I'd like to think that he'd be treated like any other player, but perhaps he wouldn't. Maybe he would be given some special treatment because of his standing in the game. I mean, like you said, Matera doesn't have the best track record, I think, generally. 
he's quite an aggressive player, but he's standing within the game and he's such a high-profile name within rugby. I can understand why Bok maybe gets a bit intimidated there and thinks, oh, we'll keep it at yellow. Even Morgan Turinui chiming in, saying wrong decision yeah. after this news broke. Oh, so. they were saying it. They were saying it on the on the broadcast. They were just like, "That's yeah. a red. That's a red. Of course, a red. of course." And then and they were flabbergasted at the the fact that it somehow got changed to a yellow. And I think Ben O'Keefe, like, he's obviously a smart dude, um, so I'm sure that stuff does cross his mind. But I think he always thinks that he's making the absolute right decision. Um, it's just it doesn't seem like a lot of the time. He seems to make sort of these radical calls. And I think it's partly because he is always trying to keep the game as fair as possible, even when it shouldn't be fair um, at that point. I think he likes making an entertaining entertaining spectacle, um, which is sort of not his job as a referee, unfortunately. Absolutely. And, yeah, maybe because it's in the last 20 minutes, he knows that if he pulls that trigger, then they're down one man for the rest of the game. But it's the Crusaders. Like, they play through adversity. And you just have to be consistent with these rulings. Like, he shouldn't get a a chance to be refing international games if he can't, you know, know, play to the standard of even super rugby in terms of a refing perspective. Like, he shouldn't be given responsibility for any international games if he can't get these calls right. Yeah, the context of the game is completely irrelevant. Like, it, it's, it shouldn't even be a consideration. You've got to assess it by the guidelines on the potential harm to the player. And, you know, what, what happens when Matera comes out and does something like that again? What happens when the next guy that's not Matera does something not even as bad and ends up missing six weeks and maybe misses an opportunity to be picked up in a squad uh, after this Super Rugby season and into the internationals, like there's someone is going to be uh, affected. Even Sam Gilbert should be looking at this and saying, "Absurd! Like, yeah. how did I get five, ten brought down to five, and this guy gets nothing? Like, he should yeah. feel robbed, absolutely robbed. And the next guy who gets the weeks and and Pablo still doesn't should feel robbed. And it's just it's just wrong. And it's super frustrating. Where I feel like the refing has been declining through the season. I think it's like this is just a standout, but so um, a lot of the basic decision-making has been pretty poor recently. Let me put something out there as potential. I know we don't want to overbring in the refs of this game, but it is happening anyway, um, just generally in our games. Should there just be either one or a couple of people that are the foul play review people for every game? And, like, if you send it up there, it's not the decision for the guy on the field anymore. It's the same people for every game. Like, they don't have to be at the ground. We're in a world where technology can have them based at one city and no two games are going on at the same time. So they sit and they have to check in with each one. So you have the same people being like, no, that's a red. No, that's the same as what I made decisions. So it is the exact same people making these decisions for each one of these games. I mean, that'd be one way to do it, but it just feels like a... If, if you felt like you could only deal with a couple of people for consistency, like that just says either your guidelines aren't clear, you're not capable of training people to make the same decisions. Like it's got to be the same review panel. I, I don't know. Is it the same review panel one week to the next that looked at this? It, like even if stand aside the fact that O'Keefe said yellow, an independent group that look at these Yeah, which should be, events, which is more or less it should the, be the same, same people. people like it's or at least group. the yeah. same, or yeah, out of the same group with reference to um, the decision-making logic mm-hmm. from the previous weeks, surely they compare this stuff. Like, it's just, it's unfathomable. And 
I would love to see their sort of statement after this. I, I doubt we'll get anything, but I'd love to see what their reasoning is for why this is nothing because there's no way it's going to hold water. Yeah. Anyway, that was very frustrating because the Reds, the Reds weren't having a great game, but something like that certainly should have given them more opportunity to to push the Crusaders late. Um, and like the Waratahs would be ruining not not picking up the win against the Blues, uh, Zahn Sullivan finally puts the ball between the posts for this drop goal. Um, could have advanced their, their position, could have still been staying on Australian soil, seeing the Brummies in Canberra out of fifth. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what we sort of thought was going to happen, didn't we? We were like, yeah. oh, the Brumbies lost. Oh, it's not going to matter because now the Waratahs are going to win and the Hurricanes will lose and it'll just flip around again. But no. Lots of Australia versus New Zealand this week, which keeps the keeps the rivalry sated. Well, it still gives uh, the, us a chance to get three teams through to the um, second round of postseason, however unlikely we think that might be. So finishing grade for the teams that are knocked out um, don't need much more than just a um, number. Well, let's go to A, B, C, D, F um, grades here. Starting from the bottom, Moana Pacifica, two wins, but they took down the Hurricanes and Brumbies this season despite a lot of adversity. Yeah, I think for them, I'd probably give them a C based on the amount of you know, schedule rearrangements and, yep. and sometimes playing t- two games in a week. I, I think it's hard enough coming into this competition as a new team with very limited combinations there, you know, a short run in with coaching. And, you know, I don't think we could expect too much more from them. And yep. that win against the Brumbies, I guess, at the end caps off the caps season off, a little yeah. bit and hopefully brings in some positivity. You know, I think obviously going forward, they're going to have a lot more thought around, you know, what they'll be doing next year in recruitment. And, um, you know, they've got, what, seven or eight months to think about that. So they've got plenty of time to actually prepare. And so, yeah, they should improve a lot by next year. Yeah. And a fair few players already named for the Tongan team for the Pacific Nations um, Cup as well. So a little bit more chemistry maybe building up for some of them. Leo, what do you reckon about the Drua? Again, two wins, a um, couple of extra points in terms of losing bonus points to finish above the Pacifica. Yeah, I mean, if if I can give them a, a C plus, like I think they're they've shown a bit more resolve. They've got very close, especially early in the season after a couple of real drubbings. Uh, they came out, beat the Rebels. They lost narrowly to the Reds. They really pushed them in that game. That was a really exciting game. Um, and they lost narrowly to the force. The start of their season could have been 3-2, um, but they've stayed in a lot of games. They, they haven't looked like a team that um, maybe we've seen in the past that, that didn't have the composure and the maturity to sort of keep their heads up and play through. Um, I, I think they're, they're there challenging that they'll be looking to get finals next year, that there's enough teams that are inconsistent, if not outright weak, that they should be looking with another year together, mm. uh, knocking off some of these uh, lesser teams and, and getting into the finals. Absolutely. And looking for a few more games in Fiji, I reckon, because that obviously just lifts them massively. Toby, the Rebels, finishing 10th, four wins, 20 points in total. What grade? Uh, this is a tough one. I still think probably a D, you know. Yeah. Not going to give them a full-on F 
for a failure under Todd Foot, who is sticking around for the next, I think, at least season, maybe two seasons, I think they're talking about. Yeah, I think, look, coaching is obviously one of their biggest issues and Dave Vessels, we thought, was going to be the guy there. Didn't prove that and I think they really need to go hard at someone that's got a lot of experience. Um, Even someone like a Joe Schmidt or something, I reckon, could be pretty good for that franchise. I think they need to refresh completely. Like, obviously, they're trying to bring in new guys and rebuild a little bit. And there were some good signs there, I guess, in the end, but there's still a lot of work to do, I think, particularly in that forward pack. You know, if you're going to persevere with Carter Gordon, um, you know, I don't think Tuttle's yet, but if Joe Powell sticks around with him and then you got Samura and Kellaway in the centres, you know, that's something you can kind of build around there with, with some of the outside backs and having Hodge at the back. But the forwards, I think, really do need some work and need to set that solid platform. Um, yeah, Rebels, look, I'd still, i give them a, T, a D, I think. I didn't like their squad going into the season and they had some key injuries at bad times for them. Um, but again, that franchise really needs to lift because we need some positivity flowing out of Melbourne with some better rugby. And Leo, Western Force, also four wins, 23 points overall, um, but a few big losses in this year. Yeah, they are going to be ruining missing finals, like coming down to just a bonus point, basically. Um, they they just turned off mid-season and copped an absolute flogging. That's what did that points difference. They had a bit of... Um, I suppose, disadvantage of some other teams. They had some games moved around and obviously a lot of travel for them more than anyone else, uh, you'd think. But they had a pretty reasonable lineup, uh, a lot of carryover, a lot of combinations. Um, they looked they look pretty reasonable early on. Um, they just sort of lost it, lost their way in the middle. Maybe when they started rotating some players in and out, um, just just lack of consistency and, and cop some big losses. So... Um, I think they'll be very disappointed. Um, it's, a, it's a disappointing end to Tim Sampson's reign there as coach. Um, it's a nice finish that they did pick up those two critical games and put themselves in with a chance, but it was a bit too little too late. Um, but I, I think you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them probably a D as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they will be a lot better under Simon Cron. I think they, they had the... Their moments this year, but all in all, it's a, it's a failure not to make the finals. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and they'll they're having to look to replace a few of the veterans with Kahui, um, Thrush, and uh, Greg Holmes moving on from them as well. All right, first round of the finals here. Um, games we have is Crusaders Reds on Friday night down to Christchurch Chiefs Waratahs Saturday afternoon, followed by Blues Highlanders at Eden Park. And finally, the Brumbies hosting the Chiefs back in Canberra, the only game still in Australia here. Um, boys, first off, just give me your bracket from what's going to happen in these next three weeks. Who's going to make it through this week? And then who's going to make it through the finals? And who's your winner? I think it's pretty simple. I expect the, the home teams to all win this week. I think the Brumbies will be the only Australian team that comes away with another week. And following that, then you'll have Brumbies, Blues, and Chiefs. Blues, yeah, yeah. And and look, that's that's an interesting one. If the Brumbies can 
find some of that really solid mid-season form, um, that will be a really good contest. Um, I guess it's hard not to tip the Blues in that because they have been so amazing all year. They haven't looked like dropping off. They they did the Waratahs in the last minute um, with their C team on the weekend. So a lot to like there. So probably the Blues give them the respect. And I think the Crusaders have been more consistent than the Chiefs. They haven't looked like dropping a game um, except where they've been done outright. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going Blues. They they beat them down in Christchurch this year. This is this is their year. I think Blues go through and and take the take the Super Rugby Pacific Trophy. Yeah, not too dissimilar for to Leo with mine. I think Crusaders get through. I take the Waratahs actually. I think they can upset the Chiefs in Waikato. Um, Blues over Highlanders and Brumbies over Canes, and then. Look, I think the Brumbies will give the Blues a good run, but the Blues should get to the final. Crusaders take the Tars in a bit of a heartbreak for them again against the team that had success again against earlier in the season. And I'd take the Crusaders to win the title. I think they're going to come good at the right time. Um, Perhaps some of the rotation they've worked around is is going to aid them in the end. And um, I just think the experience there of that Crusaders team will win out against some of the... You know, maybe guys that are in better form for the Blues, but I think that the Crusaders have a few of those mature guys that can get them across the line. Yeah, interesting. For me, uh, pretty much, oh, it's a very similar sort of first round, except um, I'd take the Waratahs to win over the Chiefs, but I think actually the Hurricanes might upset the Brumbies in a bit of a heartbreak. I just don't know if they'll be able to bounce back um, well enough after that sort of loss. They just didn't look on point at all and I would just wonder if a few of them have got their eyes a few bit further down um, the road as yet um, but then similarly going to end up with a Blues Crusaders um, final and probably Blues to win I think Leo's right I think it's this year is their year what are your margins for this week first Crusaders Reds Leo go for it I've got Crusaders minus 14 and a half um, I think the score line last week is is pretty similar Obviously, I believe it could have been different if the refing had been half decent. Um, but the, you know, the the, Rebel, the Reds will come at this really hard. They'll play the best possible team they have. I've seen some footage of Paisami getting around training, so sort of feeling like he's going to be back in, which will really stiffen up that back line. Um, I think just on on adrenaline and and just that sort of Red spirit, they'll they'll keep it uh, close. They won't let it blow out at the start, but the Crusaders are a class outfit. I think they'll have them by a couple of tries by the end. Yeah, I think um, Crusaders have to be pretty heavily favoured. I'd be um, pushing even more, maybe 16 and a half from my perspective. I think the Reds have still got that capacity in them to, to get a good upset going, but they're going to have to play their, their absolute best to have a chance here. Um, and, yeah, I think the Crusaders... Although they have the tendency to go into cruise control, I think they won't do it here. I think they'll be ramping up for those last couple of games after this one and and win it pretty well. Well, the bookies have it at 19 and a half um, there for the Crusaders. So, yeah, thinking that they're going to... The return of Moanga is worth an extra five points or so, um, I think, there. Um, Chiefs, Waratahs, 
uh, down in Waikato. Waratahs are hopeful that potentially they're going to give every chance for um, Parise and Harry Johnson Holmes to be fit for this one, um, but definitely no certainty. Toby, what do you think? Chiefs will still be relatively heavily favoured, I'd say minus eight and a half. Um, and that's probably being generous to the Waratahs. I don't think many people give the Tars a chance here, but they've got absolutely nothing to lose. They have an amazing season as compared to last year. I think they've really overachieved. I think they can do, they can probably pull one more out of the bag and, and that'll be it for them. But um, they'll leave it all out on the field, that's for sure. Yeah, that is sort of the mentality of this team. They've definitely played all 80 and, and all sorts of uh, storylines there, different players coming good and um, just just showing that spirit that the Waratahs were lacking last year. But I think the New Zealand bookies will definitely have Chiefs heavy favourites, especially with guys like Parisi and HJH still out. Uh, even if they come in, I've got them in the double figures, Chiefs minus 12.5. And Leo takes that one as minus 11.5 to the Chiefs at this stage um, before teams are named there. We'll see if anything changes. Um, probably the easiest call here, Blues hosting the Highlanders, who just went down to the Rebels at home at Eden Park. Um, this should be not a problem for the boys in blue, you think? No, this this should be a smashing. Stranger things have happened. Um, don't want to see the Blues get complacent in this game, but the, the Hurricanes are really... Um, a team on the rebuild, uh, guys aging out there. So uh, I think the Blues buy nearly three. I've got minus 20 and a half. Difficult. Like Highlands always kind of, I think, get undervalued in these sorts of games. Um, Blues might get a bit of a scare, I think, though the line should be, I'd say, 18 and a half. Um, I think... Highlanders actually could give them a bit of a scare before they recover. Just having all that rotation last week against the Tars, I don't think will work for the Blues and it could take them a little bit of time to get going again. Yeah, so Blues are favoured, only 15 and a half. The bookies, yeah, just valuing that New Zealand derby a little bit more, um, I think. But, yeah, I tend to agree more with Leo. I think even with the week off, um, Blues will be looking for to make a big impact in this first week of finals. And then finally down in Canberra, Brumbies, Hurricanes. Um, what do you think the bookies have this at, Toby? Brumbies, Canes. They're liable to disrespect the Australian teams, though I think in Canberra, finals footy, they surely they're favoured. I'd say two and a half to the Brumbies. And I think... They're good enough to get it done. I think the, the Canes, again, have a bit of firepower there, but the Brumbies, after such a disappointing performance on the weekend, they'll be super fired up to make amends, and I back them to get a pretty strong win here, at least by 10 points. Yeah, I've got Brumbies minus three and a half. I think they're, they're probably, yeah, about good for about a penalty advantage, a pen, penalty ahead. Um on, on the home soil, given the Crusade, sorry, the Hurricanes have got such good firepower, but it just it just comes so sporadically. I think the Brumbies will uh, get their get their game together and and get back in in form, give themselves a really good shot at the Blues in Auckland the following week. That hopefully they don't have their eye on that game too early because the Hurricanes can be surprise package. And the Boogies have a, as Toby said, two and a half. But you boys all right around the. 
right stage there. Um, I think Toby just takes it uh, this week in terms of tipping there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I do worry about what this Hurricanes team can put together. Um, looking out for that, their number 15, Morby, just seems to be playing so well. I don't really know quite how his skill set sort of matches in because he just seems to have people fall off him. I don't know if it's that sort of Hale Petty type thing. He's just really stable through the hips as well as having sort of a little bit of agility to turn turn on a dime for him. Um, but he just keeps trying to score tries. Had a couple, um, one at least disallowed uh, versus the Western Force and um, set up another one that also got turned over. Looking around the world, we also had the final of the top league and a similar uh, game with the Suntory, Sun Goliath and Wild Knights matching off again the two most successful franchises. But Robbie Deans gets another one with the Wild Knights taking another win. Uh, Marika uh, with a double in this one, uh, really showing out for the Wild Knights in his first season with them, um, outdoing Damien McKenzie and Karevi. Uh, for the Sun Goliaths, couldn't quite get it done. Um, they couldn't get over the over line, just getting penalties, and ended up 18 to 12. But another bit of um, another trophy to put in Robbie Deans's cabinet there. And a victory for Marika. Nice for him to taste some taste some silverware or taste taste the drinks out of it uh, <laughs> after plying his trade down there at the Rebels and not having a whole lot of success in the trophy cabinet. Pretty decent given how strong Suntory are. Um, we saw it last year. Robbie Deans, is, he's still got that coaching, um, that really high level of coaching to him. Even though he's been in Japan for quite a while now, hasn't lost a step. Um, I just expected, I think, with Suntory's roster that they'd end up really starting to dominate this competition, but it hasn't been so yet. Um, but I think, again, exciting um, to watch some of these teams, although I feel like I paid a lot less attention to them this year. Maybe coming on to stand last year was a bit more of a novelty, but I'm definitely keen to to get back into it come next season. Yeah, absolutely. Some amazing games that come through there and even just seeing the highlights pop up on like the Stan Sport Instagram every week um, just gives you a little bit more of an idea of what players are doing over there because so many of us, so many of our Australian New Zealand players are going over there. Richard Wanger, recently signalling that he's probably headed over to the top league after the World Cup next year in what seems like could potentially be a two-year sabbatical as well. Um, in World Sevens, we saw an Australian victory in London. They were facing off against the All Black Sevens team um, and it took a extra time dramatic finish from Henry Patterson, um, the big sort of flying forward there, really dynamic um, between him and sort of uh, tool Henry Tool in this as well. They're just sort of highlight machines, it seems like. And they're all bringing back the mullets as well between the Australian and Kiwi teams. There are about five or six on the park here, but um, so a great, great victory for this sevens team that hasn't had a lot of success in recent years. Other news as well, we had um, Tane Edmund sign on uh, for another two years with the Waratahs. And it gets very murky still with their three number 10s who are all three contracted again through the end of next year um, with Harrison and Donaldson uh, only having one more year on their contract. So they, they push the decision on who to keep for another year um, and they deprive any of the other super teams of having this talent. Yeah, well, it's a tactical play, isn't it? But maybe also I wonder if it's a, a bit of a sign of concern for Will Harrison given the injury 
um, and and his recovery, like they may not get as much out of him even next year, um, given that he won't be as well conditioned as as the other guys. Um, hopefully, he can bounce back to some of his sort of skillful, uh, exciting best. But they definitely have a mix of skills. These guys, like they've all got different strengths and weaknesses, and um, that isn't really a way to crowbar them all into this side. I don't think in a competitive way. So someone's going to go looking for an opportunity somewhere soon, and 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 maybe actually next year, them all still being there, um, sort of gives them another year to to wait for a good opportunity to appear. Whether that's turnover at the Rebels, turnover at the Reds. Um, you just hope that whoever's leaving gets an opportunity to play a lot of minutes and actually um, show their skills. Otherwise, they might be looking further afield. It could be quite a smart play by Edmund, given that the other two are off contract at the end of next year when there's always going to be a bit of movement because of the World Cup finishing and other players moving offshore. Maybe that means that, you know, if the Waratahs are keen on one in particular, that you know, for example, Will Harrison might have to move on if he's not in favour at that particular point. I do worry the fact that coming off that sort of knee injury, if you're going to try and be playing at full back, the amount of pace that you need in terms of mm. the cover of defence and things like that, it's it's a lot more, I guess, central to what you need as a player in that sort of position as against playing fly half. So Harrison, I think, will have quite a lot of challenges ahead of him. And Ben Donaldson as sort of a bigger body um, I think is a bit more flexible in, in that regard too. Um, but, yeah, look, amazing for the Waratahs to have those those three guys competing for the number 10 position, not something that we've really had before in, in the same sort of, um, you know, that amount of youth all at once. But it just shows, I think, as Darren Coleman was pointing out on the weekend, that the pathways are working. Um, you know, we can trust schoolboy rugby. We can trust Shoot Shield to produce some pretty high-quality guys. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can um, cent- – the centralised model as well can kind of redistribute talent as needed so that some of the other um, franchises that have been struggling um, get to top up at other positions. Yeah, and remember that we will have Kirtley Beal back in Waratah's colours next year as well, so may not even be a 15 jersey. Um, for one of these guys, unless they're going to try and put him back into um, a 12 position or something. Uh, but you'd think that'd probably be unlikely for him. Embarrassment of riches with, you know, Parise, Beal, even Fichetti. I mean, he, he's kind of growing on me. Yeah. I'm not quite there. I'm not quite there. Um, but, look, if he gets a, a bit more of a run for the Wallowies and impresses, then, yeah, look, I, I can't really dispute his form. He's... He's been a much improved character. I'd still rather have Simone, but, you know, he's he's leaving after all the shit he's had to cop. So, you know, it is what it is. But there is plenty of excitement around, around Australian rugby at the moment. That's right. And we're getting closer to that Wallabies sort of team and selection. Um, so it's, it's going to be really exciting to see over the next two weeks. Um, boys, let's just leave it there for tonight. All right. Um, Thanks for taking the time. Bit of a later one, bit of a short, sharp session, but we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in and for following us on our Instagram and Twitter pages at Running Rugby Podcast and Running Rugby Pod, um, respectively there, and subscribing to wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's finals time, baby. Let's keep on running. Run.